I want to take just a few moments and really literally less than 10 minutes is all I want to take. This is an old song, but I'm sure you know it. Oh, how well do I remember how I doubt it day by day for I did not know for certain that my sins were washed away when the Spirit tried to tell me I could not the truth receive for I endeavored to be happy and to make myself believe I know y'all know this part for it's real it's real oh, I know I know that it's real Praise God All of my doubts Have been settled And I know I know I know it's real. Look at somebody now. Tell them it's real. From Acts, and literally, I want to make three quick things I want to hear you to hear from me, and I'm done. And I'm, I mean that in less than 10 minutes. I really do. I don't need more than that for what I want you to carry away from this service. It says, Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. This is the scripture we use for Pentecost Sunday. This is the third Sunday following Pentecost. So I want to use it again. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit began to speak with other tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to talk again, recognizing the shift. This is part three, recognizing the shift. I believe God is trying to do something unique and different in your life. And I believe that this is a season where God wants to change some things. And so metaphorically, we use the term shift to simply mean something that was one way is changing to another way. Something that was one way is about to change. Sometimes shifts happen and they're positive and sometimes it happens and it's not so positive. When you have an earthquake, it's really a shifting of tectonic plates. 
And in the settling from the shift, there's a movement of the ground. So not all shifts happen to be great. Some can have devastating consequences. What one has to realize is that if God is shifting us or God is changing us, he's doing it for a reason. And what you find here in this text here in Acts is that God puts the, almost the finishing touches on the entire shift for his people. This is how I'm going to make you work and function in the world going forward, and it's going to be through and with the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you and among you. Now, let me just be clear about this, that not everybody will express the presence of the Holy Spirit in the same way. Some stuff is cultural. Some stuff is from where you're from and what you've been exposed to. So everybody's not going to have the same expressions of how God moves them by the Spirit. But, but I promise you this much, the move of God can be seen evident in every community. What I came to tell you about this morning was just three things I want you to hold on to for dear life. I think about this a lot because I say, God, what were you trying to accomplish with this shift? What were you trying to accomplish? What were you trying? That's the question I was trying to answer this morning. What are you trying to get out of it? What is the purpose for it? You know, a shift, just a shift doesn't mean much. What's the purpose? What are we going to get in the end? Ultimately, where are you trying to bring us to? What's going to be the end result when we get down the road? And here are the three things. I want you to grab hold of them really quick because I do believe that this modern day shifting in the body of Christ, number one and in your life, comes for reassurance. Reassurance. Yeah. I know some of you doubt where God is in your life. Matter of fact, some of you now are doubting even whether God, you believe in God. You're struggling with that, the notion of God at all. You're struggling with the presence of God in the world. Some of you right now, you don't know where God is for you. You, you know that you believe in him enough to be saved, but you're not sure you always ask him anything or trust him to answer any questions or do anything for you. But he wanted you to understand the first reason and purpose of the Holy Spirit on this earth is reassurance. I said, now, Lord, what does that mean to us? He wants me to get this in my spirit. You got to remember, the children of Israel were feeling pretty lonely. They had had 400 years where God's voice had not been heard. And even now, with the voice of Jesus walking among them, they were struggling with where is God in our midst? We're in a dry spell. Where is God in our midst? And the coming of the Holy Spirit was the answer to the where is God question. God is right here, ever present. And he will be present with you going forward. And I want you to understand this, brothers and sisters, if you're feeling a dry spell right now, you're feeling like you're in the midst of a time where you don't have that place and peace in you with God, this is the time now for us to awaken that Holy Spirit in you. We need, we need you. We need to stir up the gift that is within you. I do believe that God wants to stir some folk up in here right now. I believe, now come on, you, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you used to be on fire, and now you got a flicker. 
you just one bad wind away from going out. And it doesn't have to be a hurricane gale force wind either. You just one bad passing of gas away from going out. You just, you just right there. Because if one more thing starts messing up in my life, if one more thing go foul in my life, I'm just through. If one more thing gets rotten in my life, I'm finished. If one more thing goes down in my life, I just get going to town. I'm going to help somebody right here. That's when you really need to get your gift, your anointing, your Holy Ghost stirred up inside of you. So look at somebody tell them, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Listen, listen, you've got to realize the enemy wants you to believe that you're by yourself. The enemy wants you to believe that nobody cares about you. The enemy wants you to think that no one loves you, that you're all alone, and that you're by yourself, and you just might as well throw in the towel, just go on and give up. But look at somebody right now, tell them the devil is a liar. Don't you dare give up. Don't you throw in the towel. The devil is a liar. The Holy Spirit's coming was a reassurance to them of the very presence of God. Oh, they, they, they'd known the testimonies of others, of God appearing in a cloud, of God appearing by fire, of God descending upon his holy places. But for them individually, God reassured them of his presence. Second thing in there is that it became it came there as a replacement. Replacement for what, son? Replacement for my personal perspective. Okay, I know you need this one right here. See, if I don't have God to rely on, then I gotta go on my own judgment. It ought to be scary. Because some of us have made enough mistakes to know right now that we don't always have the best judgment. We done got rings and gotten rid of rings because we didn't always have the best judgment. We done fell in love and out of love because we didn't always have the best judgment. We done went to school and left out of school because we don't always have the best judgment. We done started and stopped jobs because we don't always have the best judgment. We done entered relationships and figured out they were no good only after we were too deep in the hole to understand to, because we don't always have the best judgment. But what the Holy Spirit came was for to lead you and guide you into all truth. I'm giving up my way for your way. I'm not going to trust in just what I think. I'm going to ask the Holy Ghost to guide me. God, I need your presence. I need you to guide me. I don't want to go by myself anymore. I want to go with you as guide. Let me close this out. I got to rush. I'm in a hurry this morning. But the last thing is, is this that the Holy Spirit comes as a place of release. Release. Reassurance, replacement, and release. Leave that on the screen for just a moment if you don't mind. Reassurance, replacement, and release. 
Now, Reverend, what do you mean release? Well, that's, I'm so glad you said that, asked me that question, because see, I do believe, thank you very much, I do believe that there's a release that happens in the Holy Spirit that you cannot get in your flesh. Preach, watch, thank you, I'm trying. There's a release that happens in the Holy Spirit that you can't get in your flesh. Reverend, what do you mean? Because I know that the Holy Spirit came. And if you notice that it landed on each of them and their mouths became filled with the presence of God and they began to speak in tongues, not as they thought, but as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were released from their own ignorance to function by the Spirit, and God wanted to use them. A part of the release of them came as a release to others so that when they became endued with power, the first thing they did was they took it to the street, and when they got in the middle of the street, everyone heard in their own language, and before long, Peter could preach a message that 5,000 could be saved. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, when we get you free, everybody around you is going to be free. When we set you free, everybody near you is going to embrace the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to release you, to release you from the oppression, to release you from the pressure, to release you from the hellhounds, to release you from what the enemy has done, to release you so that you you can be free because he or she whom the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. And when you've been freed, you know how to praise God. You know how to worship God because once you've been free, you know how to lift your hands and tell him, thank you. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Release me. The doors of the church.